Hey, this is Jonathan with Limitless Mindset, and this podcast is about something new that you might not have heard of, which goes by the very catchy acronym SKQ1. Skolechev ions, which I'll refer to from now on as SKQ1, are smart antioxidants. Smart because they specifically target the mitochondria that actually need them. This makes SKQ1 a very potent, economic, and safe anti-aging agent. I'll make the case in this article that it's the cutting-edge anti-aging innovation of tomorrow. Let's start by talking about the scientific research on these. People often ask me about novel biohacks, exotic nootropics, or groundbreaking anti-aging strategies. They will want to pay attention to the applications of SKQ1. You can find over 150 pieces of research published on PubMed, including two human clinical trials. So it's firmly out of the territory of being an unpredictable, pharmacologically active research chemical and is attracting the attention of mainstream anti-aging researchers. This is novel longevity science. Usually I begin these podcasts by describing the main uses and benefits of the supplement or technology. In this podcast, though, I'll begin by describing the unique anti-aging mechanism of SKQ1 because it's quite remarkable. First, let's talk about SKQ1 versus phenoptosis. Phenoptosis is the death of an organism programmed by its genome. That's the first line of a quite articulate paper written by Vladimir Skolachev. The premise of the paper is that aging is intentional as opposed to incidental. That's interesting, isn't it? Intentional as opposed to incidental. The popular view is that aging is just the result of entropy. Our biology just breaks down over time like an old car. But Professor Skolachev argues, using a variety of compelling examples like salmon dying immediately after spawning, that our very own selfish genes are accomplices to the aging process. Oddly, aging and death may be evolutionarily advantageous. Because of reactive oxygen species, I'm going to explain what that means. The chemical executioners carrying out phenoptosis, which again is the uh, programmed cell death, the executioners carrying this out are reactive oxygen species, which you'll often see referred to by the acronym ROS. And don't worry, I promise I'm not going to get too crazy with the acronyms in this article. I think I'm just going to use those two. So species doesn't necessarily have to be referring to things that are 
furry, fighting, flighting, or fucking. Species also includes categories of chemicals that react with our neurobiology. The famously quirky transhumanist Aubrey de Grey likes saying that breathing is bad for us, which sounds absurd, but it's actually quite true. The same oxidizing effect that rusts metal and makes food go bad eats away and corrodes our biology. A very reasonable fellow on fightaging.org is worth quoting here. He said, reactive oxygen species can damage mitochondrial structures and that can lead to mutant mitochondria that take over and cripple cells causing harm to surrounding tissues. Reactive oxygen species are also used as signals in many fundamental cellular processes, such as response to exercise and triggering of cellular maintenance in response to stresses. Thus, antioxidants targeted specifically to the interior of mitochondria have the ability to influence these processes where other types of antioxidants cannot. And Chief Clinical Officer Lawrence Friedroth summarizes here, SKQ1's uniqueness and innovation is that it was designed to accumulate inside an important part of every living cell. And that's what makes the difference, targeting free radicals where they do most of their damage to the cell inside the mitochondria. Next, let's jump to a metaphor. It's a pretty good metaphor. The dictatorship of the genome. I've argued before that mitochondria are to genes what free will is to predetermination. And Skolachev paints a similar metaphor to explain how these unforeseen factors deep in our biology affect our lives. We are at the mercy of the dictatorship of the genome. Quote, in essence, the issue here is already not social well-being, but the dictatorship of the genome. The only self-reproducing biological structure whose preservation, development, and expansion have taken priority over the well-being of an individual or a group of individuals. In terms of this concept, an organism is nothing but a machine serving the genome's interests. It seems quite possible that the mechanism of rapid phenoptosis, like that of slow phenoptosis, aka aging, is mediated by intramitochondrial ROS, which again stands for reactive oxygen species at early stages of the process. If this hypothesis is true, then the positive effect of SKQ is not only on aging, but also on a variety of acute pathologies in both young and old organisms can be explained in terms of quenching these ROS. Thus, it seems possible that SKQ can serve as a tool in the rise of machines in an attempt of homo sapiens to overcome the genome tyranny 
and cancel those genome dictated programs that are useful for genome evolution but unfavorable to an individual. So to build on Skolachev's metaphor there, if the genome is the dictator and the ROS is the KGB, the secret government police, then the SKQ1 molecules are the freedom fighters. So let's go a little bit deeper here. What is SKQ1? Before moving on to the exciting potential and actual biohacking applications of SKQ1, it's important to make sure that you understand just a little more of the science. SKQ1 is something quite simple if you uh, to, to narrow it down. It's an antioxidant, but it's not just any old antioxidant. It's a smart antioxidant that targets the mitochondria that need it. Let me explain that a bit more. I once saw a documentary about how in Israel, very clever farmers make the desert bloom there because they don't water their farms the same way everyone else does in the world with a, a sprinkler system. The Israelis use an ingenious pumping system that delivers water to the individual plants themselves, thus saving immense quantities of water and making farming much more productive. And it's a significant factor in Israel's success as a country. But, you know, farming techniques are not all that exciting, so you may not have heard of this before. Who knows? You might want to look it up. SKQ1 kind of does the same thing for our mitochondria. To jump to another metaphor, SKQ1 is kind of like a science fiction space freighter tugging cargo, and that cargo is plastoquinone. I'll explain what that is shortly. And the mitochondria is the black hole that sucks in the space freighter and its cargo. The mitochondria sucks in the SKQ1 because of electrical polarity. The mitochondria, or at least the surface membrane of the mitochondria, is negative and SKQ1 is positive. An interdimensional biohacker surmised about its mechanism. Quote, there might be two reasons why mitochondrial targeting is effective. Number one, the mitochondria produce a high concentration of ROS and thereby an antioxidant localized to the area that would absorb greater quantities of ROS than an antioxidant that is free to wander other parts of the cell and would thereby prevent those ROS from escaping to other parts of the cell where they would cause havoc. Number two, the mitochondrial genome is in close to a high concentration of ROS generated by the electron transport chain. Damage to this mitochondrial genome might cause all sorts of trouble to the cell, for instance by impairing energy metabolism. An antioxidant that could nullify ROS before they have a chance to interact with mitochondrial DNA may prevent downstream consequences of mtDNA damage. 
plastoquinone to the rescue. Plastoquinone is the cargo that gets delivered right to the mitochondria. It does two very helpful things for us. First is ATP production. So these are energetic molecules that are exported from the mitochondria to power our cells. And number two, cleanup of perioxides. Perioxides are a bad ROS, which is kind of like mitochondria poop, a toxic byproduct of the mitochondrial process from a paper that Skolachev himself penned in 2012. Mitochondria-generated reactive oxygen species is a tool to stimulate apoptosis, an effect decreasing with age the cell number or cellularity of organs and tissues. A group of SKQ-type substances composed of plastoquinone and a penetrating cation were synthesized to target an antioxidant into mitochondria and to prevent the age-linked rise of the mitochondrial ROS level. This is a significant anti-aging innovation. This is a very exciting anti-aging avenue. A recent animal study concluded when started late in life supplementation with skq1 not only prevented age-related decline but also significantly reversed it we suggest that supplementation with low doses of skq1 is a promising intervention to achieve healthy aging in 2017 russian and swedish researchers collaborated on a follow-up animal study that confirmed SKQ1's beneficial effects on traits of aging like alopecia, kyphosis, lower body temperatures, body weight loss, along with heart, kidney, and liver pathologies. So it may be a real organ and heart health hack, to quote from the study. As the results, the normal mitochondrial ultrastructure is preserved in liver and heart. And the study found it improved animal longevity by 15%. I'll quote from it a bit more. MTDNA mutator mice exhibit marked features of premature aging. We find that these mice treated from age 100 days with the mitochondria targeted antioxidant skq1 live significantly longer 335 versus 290 days these data may be relevant in relation to treatment of mitochondrial diseases particularly and the process of aging in general a 15 percent improvement a 15% improvement in longevity may not sound all that exciting, but the interesting thing is that in animal studies, they started giving SKQ1 to mice in the middle or the end of their lives, and it worked to improve the quality and quantity of life. Many anti-aging and health interventions kind of fall into the category of an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. These studies, however, are indicating that SKQ1 may be an anti-aging hack for those whose 
younger selves spent many decades making poor decisions about their health and lifestyle. It increases quality of life and improves the senescence signs in aged animals. In the animal studies, it reduced aging diseases like heart arrhythmia and infarction, kidney infarction, brain stroke, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, along with pancreatic cancer. If you want to go deeper into SKQ1 science, I'll encourage you to do some reading of the numerous papers that Skolachev and his colleagues have published. They are readable and well translated into English. Unlike studies about a lot of nootropics, most of the SKQ1 papers are published in full publicly on the internet as opposed to hidden away behind paywalls. Assuming you now have at least a cursory understanding of this novel anti-aging tool, I'll move on to the practical uses of SKQ1. First is as a vision biohack. The application of SKQ1 that interests me the most is as a vision biohack. The eyes are particularly susceptible to ROS-related mitochondrial deficiency. This is why old people so consistently develop worsening vision impairments and eye condition. In 2015, a notable clinical trial demonstrated the efficacy of SKQ1 as a vision biohack, at least for people suffering with dry eye syndrome. It was a randomized, double-masked, placebo-controlled study of 240 Russians over six weeks, and I'll quote from it, dry eye syndrome is a multifactorial disease of the tears and ocular surface that results in symptoms such as discomfort, visual disturbance, and tear film instability with potential damage to the ocular surface. It concluded visomitin exhibited a more pronounced and stable post-therapy effect in patients with dry eyes than placebo. Based on the results in this study, visomitin is effective and safe for use in patients with dry eyes for protection from corneal damage. In 2016, American and Russian researchers collaborated on a phase two clinical trial following up on the previous dry eye research. SKQ1 was safe and efficacious in treating dry eyes and symptoms. Statistically significant improvements with SKQ1 compared to placebo occurred for the dry eye signs of corneal fluorescein staining and lysamine green staining in the central region and lid margin redness and for the dry eye symptoms of ocular discomfort dryness and grittiness. Another recent animal study noted that visomitin SKQ1 containing eye drops have pronounced preventative and therapeutic effects on the photo damaged retina. According to Dave Asprey's authoritative book on biohacking mitochondria, which I did a really detailed review of that you'll want to read or watch on YouTube, quote, 
after your brain and your heart and your ovaries, if you're a woman, your eyes contain the highest concentration of mitochondria in your body, which makes your eyes extremely sensitive to anything that might mess with your mitochondrial energy production. This is why, for example, biohackers find that their vision improves when they use nootropics like the racetams that empower mitochondria and they become better at video games, sports, or shooting guns at a firing range. Could this mean that SKQ1 eye drops are a vision hack for otherwise healthy people with healthy eyes? That's hard to say. There has not yet been any human studies done with otherwise healthy people uh, indicating indicating that but it'd be interesting we'll find out about this in the future you may have heard me mention a couple of times there visomitin and that's the product name of the skq1 product that is on the market currently one of the initial applications is in these eye drops for those who suffer from dry eyes. That's the on-label application that's increasingly being verified in human clinical trials. Now, even though these studies are focused mostly on dry eyes, SKQ1 holds some promise for almost anyone that wishes that they had better eyes. What these high-quality human double-blind placebo-controlled studies are saying is that SKQ1 is effective at repairing and restoring vision. To quote a 2017 Australian paper on SKQ1 as a treatment for optic neuropathy, many reports have illustrated a tight connection between vision and mitochondrial function. Not only are most mitochondrial diseases associated with some form of vision impairment, many ophthalmological disorders such as glaucoma, age-related macular degeneration, and diabetic retinopathy also show signs of mitochondrial dysfunction. Despite a vast amount of evidence, vision loss is still only treated symptomatically which is only partially a consequence of resistance to acknowledge that mitochondria could be the common denominator and hence a promising therapeutic target. Thus, these are the off-label applications for visomitin, early onset age-related cataracts, and uh, I presume also just normal cataracts, glaucoma, uvitis, enteral inflammation, along with neurodegeneration. Visomitin is pretty affordable, so it seems worth trying if you suffer from any of these. Anecdotally, Skolotrov himself cured his own cataracts using SKQ1, which he discussed in, I think it was a uh, Russia Today uh, news news piece on the, uh, on the imminent scientist and professor. One user reported it effectively relieving their eye strain. Quote, I have personally tried visomitin. Since I spend a lot of time at the computer, pain and dryness appear in my eyes. Boy, I know how he feels. I bet you do too if you're a person that works with 
technology and spends way too much time every day and every week staring at glowing rectangular screens. Okay, back to their anecdote. This disease is called dry eye syndrome. So the doctor prescribed me visomitin drops. In the drugstore, they also call the drops scolatra of ions. At first, they arranged that they are not inexpensive enough, and when I begin to drip into my eyes, I felt the eyes are not so tired. And if they were tired, then after usage, five minutes later, all the unpleasant sensations pass away. I advise everyone. So sounds like a anecdote coming from someone who is not uh, communicating in their first language, which would make sense because this is a product which is most popular in uh, Russia and in the, the eastern part of the world at this time. Moving on, the next potential application of SKQ1 is for skincare, actually. Our skin is our organ that makes the most contact with the atmosphere and the ROS discussed earlier. Thus, mitochondrial targeted antioxidants like SKQ1 have a variety of rejuvenating effects on the skin. At least for the time being, the skincare applications do not have as strong clinical evidence as the vision applications do. There are several animal studies that demonstrate that it improves dermal wound healing, but that's that's about it for the science right now. There's two products thus far in this area. One is called Mitovan. This is a rather expensive mitochondrial skin hack for the vein. I'm not quite vain enough or rich enough to spend my money on it yet. Maybe I will in the future. It's more of a beauty and skincare application for making your skin look younger and more vibrant. Its on-label applications include reducing wrinkles, reducing skin pigmentation, restoring natural moisture balance, and I'll quote nootropicspots.com, uh, nootropic their description. Anti-aging serum reduces the visibility of already existing mimic wrinkles, restores natural moisture balance, and reduces skin pigmentation. Mitovan has prolonged and accumulative effect. For example, the effectiveness increases with permanent and long-term use. And the next product is called Exomitin. And this is a skin repair and rejuvenation application of SKQ1. Its on-label applications include thermal or mechanical skin injury, dry skin, skin reddening, and different forms of skin irritation. The pathway to mainstream medicine. Mitotech SA is the pharmaceutical company founded by Skolachev based in Luxembourg, which is developing SKQ1 products and drugs. For better or for worse, Skolachev and his colleagues are taking SKQ1 through the American FDA's regulatory process. As you can see in a handy little chart that I have in the article version of this podcast, Mitotech has completed the stage two trials 
for the FDA, and the researchers anticipate completing stage three for all of the clinical indications of visomycin this year in 2018. So that's good news. Many anti-aging drugs and technologies choose to circumnavigate bureaucracy by being sold as non-dietary supplements or as like a not-for-human-consumption product that is not intended or prescribed to treat any condition. But they take a big risk that one day a letter from a government lawyer will put them out of business. This makes me think or at least hope that SKQ1 is a legit anti-aging innovation. Drugs that go through the FDA's process are subject to significant scrutiny. Now, you, like me, might be quite cynical about the FDA, but it shows that Skolachev and company have real confidence in SKQ1. If SKQ1 were just a cash grab, it would already be sold as a flashy internet marketing supplement instead of ensconced in laboratories as its creators take it through the tedious regulatory process. This is why, with the exception of the vision and skincare products, you can't yet whip out your credit card or Bitcoin wallet and have some SKQ1 on its way to your doorstep. Good things take time, as they say. Let's talk about plastomitin. This is the first SKQ1 drug that is poised to treat and profoundly help those suffering from multiple sclerosis, acute kidney injury, and Barth syndrome, which is a rather rare heart condition. It's also poised to begin phase two trials in Russia for treating neurodegeneration. This should interest biohackers seeking performance enhancement as it means that plastomitin will likely have significant nootropic effects. There have been at least several books written about how optimizing mitochondria seriously improves your mind, motivation, memory, mood, powers of focus, and cognition. Presumably something that hacks your mitochondria on such a fundamental level should be in the long form something that makes you feel quite limitless. According to Dr. Anton Petrov, who is the chief operating officer of Mitotech, plastomitin should be on the market in the next few years. Next, I want to discuss SKQ1 versus MitoQ versus C60. These are two other products that are kind of comparable. SKQ1's anti-aging cousins are the antioxidants MitoQ and C60. C60, also sometimes you'll see it written out as C60 double O, as in uh, double <laughs> the letter O, not as in 007 of, uh, of uh, film, which is derived from olive oil. MitoQ and SKQ1 are similar in that they deliver the mitochondria 
chemical foot soldiers that fight the ROS. MitoQ is a little different. It delivers CoQ10 and SKQ1 delivers plastiquinone. C60 is a little bit different. It is an antioxidant molecule that your mitochondria absorbs by osmosis. So if you've done much Googling around this subject, or perhaps you're a regular of the Longevity Forum and you've already heard of C60 and MitoQ, and you know that they are a, a bit more advanced as far as product development. They're, they're highly accessible in a couple of different forms, doing a couple of different interesting things. So why, why would SKQ1 be worth your attention? Well, SKQ1 directly targets the mitochondrial membrane. MitoQ is also targeted to the mitochondria. C60 is not, as I said, your mitochondria just absorbs it by osmosis. Hopefully, there's some people that debate this. And Skolachev himself makes a point. He says, MitoQ cannot be regarded as a mitochondria-targeted form, CoQ or CoQ precursor, since it cannot replace CoQ in its master function. There was a, a quite good blog article that was written on these, comparing these, and actually Skolachev jumped in to the comments section of this blog article and debated a little bit why why his product was better, which is what you would kind of expect from a uh, self-interested rational actor, right? So take it as a take it as a grain, uh, take it with a grain of salt, as they say. The big problem that MitoQ has is that very little of the CoQ10 actually gets delivered to the inside of the mitochondria. Perhaps as little as 1% to 2% of the CoQ10 that you consume, at least according to a 2014 paper out of the University of Toronto. Quote, CoQ10 has low oral bioavailability due to its lipophilic nature, large molecular weight, regional differences in gastrointestinal permeability, and involvement of multi-transporters, intracellular delivery, and mitochondrial target ability issues pose additional hurdles. To maximize CoQ10 delivery to the biopharmaceutical target, numerous approaches have been undertaken. Whereas SKQ1 delivers plastoquinone directly to the interior of the mitochondria. To quote author and Dr. Josh Middeldorf, but no animal study has ever succeeded in extending lifespan with CoQ10. Perhaps its value is limited by bioavailability. Only a small portion of ingested CoQ10 makes its way from the stomach into the bloodstream, and a much tinier portion actually reaches the mitochondria where it's needed. This is the issue that Skolachev has addressed in such an innovative way with his molecule, which his friends and students have affectionately dubbed SKQ. Plastoquinone is better than CoQ10. Skolachev initially used CoQ10, but AB testing it with plastoquinone in animal experiments discovered that plastoquinone is a more effective antioxidant. 
I would speculate just a bit about that. Plastoquinone is the uh, antioxidant that, that plants use, whereas animals use CoQ10 naturally in nature. And there's some other incidences where, for example, like with the adaptogenic herbs, the adaptogenic herbs are almost all herbs that come from rather extreme environments. So rhodiola, for example, is an herb that's really famous for like growing in the uh, rocky crags of uh, frigid, uh, windswept uh, mountains and uh, generally uh, thriving in uh, rather inclement conditions. And a an herb, a plant, is not quite like an animal that can, you know, go and find a warm place to shelter or it can uh, evolve a warm furry coat to protect it. What plants often, what plants have to do is they have to develop uh, internal antibodies to dealing with the stress. And when animals or, uh, or uh, sapiens, rather, rather intelligent, sapiens like ourselves consume those antibodies and consume those those agents then it kind of turns our biology it, it makes our biology quite a bit more resilient and there's uh, a number of applications throughout different supplements that are quite effective rhodiola is probably one of my my favorite examples of that and something that a lot of biohackers are kind of similar to so if you're wondering what what isn't it a bit unnatural for human beings to be consuming antioxidants that in nature are specifically for the plants well yeah maybe it's a little bit different it's it's a technological hack of our biology of course but it's not uh, it's not something totally unprecedented in case you're wondering regarding c60 one of the masterminds actually that would be my uh, acquaintance justin who goes by the moniker mind thus i'm calling him a mastermind because he is one of the uh, really important people behind the forum longevity and he's really an anti-aging nerd and he clarified interestingly that c60 is not currently theorized to promote rejuvenation only to slow aging so that again is a, a fairly significant competitive advantage of skq1 over c60 Although I would not say that MitoQ and C60 are useless. There's significant anecdotal evidence and some clinical evidence that they are very helpful in restoring and maintaining health. But SKQ1 is the clear leader in terms of safety and economics thanks to the tiny dose of it needed to achieve the kind of effect that the others might have. The tiny dosage also makes it highly non-toxic, which is a concern with the other mitochondrial antioxidants. I'll talk just a little bit more about potency because this is one of the main uh, attractive attributes of SKQ1 is that it's very potent. A 2008 
study reported. These results suggest that under the condi conditions used, SKQ1 protects mitochondria from oxidative damage as an antioxidant when added at extremely low concentrations. A 2012 animal study concurred. Extremely low nanomolar concentrations of the mitochondria targeted plastoquinone derivative SKQ1 were shown to prolong the lifespan and the lifespan of male and female drosophilia metanogaster by 10%. I want to discuss SKQ1 as a nootropic because a lot of people, especially on the Limitless Mindset channel, are wondering about this. And um, a lot of biohackers are at this point wondering if SKQ1 would work as a performance-enhancing nootropic or smart drug for otherwise healthy people that just want more energy or motivation. And that's kind of hard to say at this point. There have been no human clinical trials conducted demonstrating an effect on cognition. I could find no meaningful or credible anecdotal accounts from biohackers or users out there who tried it and experienced any classic nootropic effects. However, the mitochondria are the fundamental energy generation system of the body. Optimizing your mitochondria is quintessential performance enhancement. So it usually means more energy, better mood, memory, immunity, resilience, or hotter sex. Anything that improves your mitochondria will make you better. And we are probably a few years... So I would estimate, I'm you know optimistic about this sort of thing. I, have, I estimate that we're probably a few years off from some real SKQ1 nootropics. Stay tuned. For the time being, at least, SKQ1 is quite expensive. And if you're interested in hacking your mitochondria for like cognitive performance enhancement specifically, you'd want to check out the mitochondrial supplements that I listed in my book review of the book Headstrong because in that book there was kind of, uh, there, there was a ton of different supplements discussed and what I did was I ranked I think about 12 of them which would be like the top 12 and I actually kind of ranked them by importance. So if you had limited budget, limited time to invest in hacking your mitochondria, you would want to just check out that list and pick up the ones towards the top of that list. Interestingly, SKQ1 has a lot of potential as an antibiotic. A 2017 in vitro study out of Lomonosov, Moscow State University, observed that SKQ1's targeting made it a highly effective antibiotic. Quote, mitochondria targeted antioxidants are known to alleviate mitochondrial oxidative damage that is associated with a variety of diseases. Therefore, SKQ1 may be effective in protection of the infected mammals by killing invading bacteria. Next, SKQ1 versus cancer. 10 published pieces of scientific research explores potential as an anti-cancer agent, which are on PubMed, specifically cervical, prostate, and pancreatic cancers. From the most recent study, 
In our study, we used mitochondria-targeted antioxidant SKQ1 to lower MTD-ROS level. Thus, we showed that scavenging MTD-ROS by SKQ1 suppressed proliferation of cervical cancer cells. And according to a 2013 paper, it's something of an apoptosis biohack for treating and preventing cancer. It seems promising to study the possibility of using SBQ as an anti-cancer drug on the types of cancers that can be treated by chemotherapeutic pro-oxidation, thus activation of mitochondrial ROS generation in prostate cancer cells leads to the death of these cells. According to our data, reducing the generation of mitochondrial ROS kills cancer cells by inhibiting the cell cycle after mitosis, which activates apoptosis. Verse Alzheimer's. Seven items of scientific research discuss how it may be a transformative tool for combating Alzheimer's. From a 2017 animal study, using oxys rats that simulate key characteristics of sporadic Alzheimer's disease, we evaluated effects of SKQ1 treatment from the age of 19 to 24 months on the locomotor and exploratory activities, signs of neurodegeneration detectable. As a result, in oxys rats, the portion of severely damaged mitochondria decreased. According to our past and present results, the repair of the mitochondrial apparatus by SKQ1 is a promising strategy against Alzheimer's. In 2016, Russian and American scientists collaborated on another animal study entitled An Antioxidant Specifically Targeting Mitochondria Delays Progression of Alzheimer's Disease Like Pathology, and the study concluded. Collectively, these data support that mitochondrial dysfunction may play a key role in the pathophysiology of Alzheimer's and that therapies with target which target, I think that's perhaps a bit of a grammar, a grammar error. If only we could invent an anti-aging nootropic that would fix all of our grammar. Wouldn't that be grand? Uh, which target mitochondria are potent to normalize a wide range of cellular signaling processes and therefore slow the progression of Alzheimer's. I'll mention fertility. An animal study suggested it as a male fertility biohack. In conclusion, our data suggest that the mitochondria-targeted antioxidant, SKQ1, is effective in improving spermatogenesis and might be used for the treatment of male infertility. And I'm drawing to a conclusion in this article. So let's talk about the state of the art here. I'm optimistic about the breadth and width of science that's been done on it. 131 clinical trials, animal studies, or scientific papers have been published globally in the past decade alone. So in conclusion, good things take time. 
as an anti-aging agent, SKQ1 is entering its adolescence. We're probably several years away from veritable SKQ1 drugs or supplements that biohackers would want to take to improve performance or maintain vitality as they age, but it's certainly something to watch. At this point, there's excellent evidence that SKQ1 in the form of visomitin is good for your eyes. In fact, it could be transformational for your vision. If your eyes are imperfect thanks to unlucky genetics or way too much time spent staring at glowing rectangular screens, visomitin is worth your attention. And I will, in the next probably 30 to 60 days, I will be conducting a personal self-experiment with visomitin. I have famously quite bad eyes, and I look forward to seeing what visomitin can do for my eyes, and I will be meticulously reporting back those results to you. In this article, th there was a lot of science that I covered, and again, there's been quite a bit of science that's been done on this stuff. I probably didn't do complete justice to it, and I would encourage you to check out the very cool infographic that corresponds to what I'm talking about here, which you'll find linked below this podcast, wherever you're listening to it. Again, I'm Jonathan, and I look forward to a continued conversation with you. Legal notices. If you or someone you know developed or created a concept, piece of content, or idea shared on this show, please email us at info at limitlessmindset.com so we can mention them in the show notes or provide a backlink. We want to give credit where credit is due. As a listener to the Limitless Mindset podcast, we hope you have and practice common sense. However, since some of the content covered in this show deals with subjects of a health, legal, or business nature, this show is for entertainment purposes. If you need recommendations of doctors, nutritionists, or attorneys to consult before making decisions that may have health or legal repercussions, please email us at info at limitlessmindset.com.